Now, if you'll follow as I begin reading at verse 1 of chapter 12 of the book of Exodus, here it goes. First six verses. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall be for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell all the congregation of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, every man shall take a lamb according to their father's houses, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his nearest neighbor shall take according to the number of persons, according to what each can eat, you shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish. A male, a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. And you shall keep it until the 14th day of this month when the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight. The grass withers and the flower fades. But the word of our God, that word endures forever. Ladies and gentlemen, the gospel, if that's a word that you're familiar with, it's a, the gospel is a message. It's a message about how people who are estranged from God because of their sin can be reconciled to God through the finished work of Jesus Christ. Now, admittedly, that, that message is um, is counterintuitive. And, and by counterintuitive, I mean this. Um, left to ourselves, we would never come to the gospel. Our default mode is to design some kind of self-salvation project where we save ourselves, without anybody's help from outside, through our own efforts. So, knowing that this gospel is counterintuitive, God set out to explain it. He, um, much of the Old Testament, as you may already know, much of the Old Testament is just, it's just brief little snatches. It's just, um, it's just short insights. It's, it's, um, it's little vignettes, all designed to help us understand this message that is counterintuitive. A classic illustration of what I'm trying to say to you is found in Exodus chapter 12. Guys, The first thing that I want you to see in Exodus chapter 12 is the opening words where it says, the Lord said to Moses and Aaron. Do you see that? (laughs) Uh, Don't race over those words too quickly because what you're getting here is a piece of instruction. This whole event called the Passover that's described in Exodus chapter 12 is given to Israel by way of instruction. Moses didn't think this up. This is no invention of Israel. This is God saying, sit down, fellas. I've got a couple of things I need to give you by way of instruction, by way of revelation. Okay? 
And so it opens by saying, the Lord said to Moses, and in my mind's eye, I can almost see Moses and Aaron sitting down with a pen and a piece of paper saying, okay, shoot, go. And so what they're getting here in Exodus chapter 12 is some instructions, all designed to make this gospel clearer and clearer. You might remember last month, the first thing that I pointed out about this passage is that God said to Moses and Aaron, he says, all right, fellas, first of all, you got to realize that from now on, the beginning of your year is in the spring, not in the fall. He changes the calendar. Um, he says, okay, you want a New Year celebration? It's going to be moved. It's not going to be in, in October. It's going to be in April. So the beginning of the, the, of the Jewish calendar is being changed by God. So there's Moses and Aaron. They're saying, okay, well, um, fine. Okay, we're changing the, the New Year's. And then he says, in this New Year's celebration that I'm, I'm giving you, there is to be a meal. A meal. Well, okay, well, meals. Yeah, we like meals. Everybody likes meals. Uh, fine. Uh, we, 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 a meal. And then he goes on and says, and at the centerpiece of that meal will not be mashed potatoes or a key lime pie. The, the center of that meal will be a lamb. Okay, fine. I mean, we like lamb. <laughs> That'd be good. A lamb. And then he goes on. That is, God goes on and he says, now, I want you to take that lamb a year old lamb in the prime of its life, a male, and I want you to separate it from the rest of the flock. I want you to do that on day 10. And then on day 14, I want you to kill it. But I want you to select the lamb on day 10, separate it from the rest of the flock, and uh, so that the head of the house can examine it. Okay, um, the plot certainly is thickening, but... Um, uh, we, we got it. And then he says, and, and, and then on day 14, by the way, this is all by way of instruction. There's little Moses in, okay, yes, got that. Oh, all right, all right. This is, this is revelation, ladies and gentlemen. This is God explaining things as to how he wants it. And then he says, God says, um, on day 14, I want you to, I want you to kill that lamb. And then I want you to drain all of its blood into a basin. Ooh. Okay. Kind of yucky, but... And then, I want you to take a hyssop branch. You know, hyssop is just a bush. Just take a branch off of a bush. I want you to take a hyssop branch, and I want you to dip it into that basin. And I want you to take the basin of blood that you just got from that lamb that you just killed... I want you to take it, I want you to paint it on the doorpost of both sides of the front door and over the lintel of the door. And by your so doing, says God, by your so doing, the death angel, the death angel? Yes, the death angel will pass by every house that has that blood all over it. Because the, 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 um, the death angel will, will see that a sacrifice has already been made. 
a substitute was found and killed um, instead of your firstborn child. And I can see, see Moses saying, wait, 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 You know, um, um, let, let me see if I've got this right, God, because, you know, at the very least, this is, this is new. And, and, and if I might say it with all due respect, it's a bit odd. What I'm hearing you say is, we kill this lamb, we collect its blood in the basin, we take a hyssop branch, we dip it in there, we paint the door with that, with that blood that we just got from that lamb, and then this death angel? We never heard of that one, but a, a, an angel of death is going to come by each of our houses? And if we want to see our firstborn alive tomorrow morning? We need to paint that blood on that doorpost thing? Is that, is that what I'm hearing? And God says, yep, that's what I said. That's odd. It's just odd. You know, guys, I don't know whether this thought has occurred to you yet. But do you see in this piece of instruction, do you see it that contained within it is some of the earliest and perhaps even primitive hints of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Can, can you see that? Guys, the gospel of Jesus Christ is new. You bet. The gospel is a message, a new message about an innocent sufferer whose name is Jesus, who is going to die in my place, paying a debt that I owe, a debt created by my sin. And as a result, oh, and by the way, that is never to be paid twice. But as a result of what he has done by dying in my place, the death angel, condemnation, the, the, the death angel has no claim on me. Because my debt for my sin has been fully paid. It was paid by the Lamb. The Lamb of God. The Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. By the way, do you know where that sentence came from? I didn't think that up. You know where that came from? The Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. You know where that came from? That came out of the mouth of John the Baptist in John's Gospel, chapter 1. When, when John the Baptist first laid his eyes on Jesus Christ, as he's coming across the field there, he sees Jesus for the first time, and this thing comes ejaculating out of his mouth, and it says, Look! The Lamb of God! 
who taketh away the sin of the world. Did I ever tell you the story about Charles Spurgeon? Spurgeon, they built a, a big new sanctuary called the Metropolitan Tabernacle. And uh, before the first Sunday that he was preaching there, before the opening Sunday of this new building, Spurgeon's behind the pulpit, and uh, he's just testing the acoustics. And um, and he says from the pulpit, Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. And unbeknownst to him, there was a workman up in the balcony still working on something up there. And as a result of just hearing that, this man stands up, goes downstairs and asks Spurgeon to tell him more. What I'm saying, guys, is the death angel has no claim on me because, because the Lamb of God, who taketh away the sin of the world, is, is paid for my sin. Now, go back with me real quick, and we're almost done here, but to Exodus chapter 12 and the, and the Passover. A couple of more observations and I'm done. This is, this is very interesting and intriguing, at least to me. That same Lamb whose blood had just been used as paint, becomes the centerpiece of the meal. They ate the lamb. <laughs> you know, you go to the New Testament and, and Jesus Christ says, we're to do the same thing with him. Jesus says, whoever feeds on my flesh has eternal life. Guys, this sacrament that we're about to participate in calls you to feed on Christ. I embrace Jesus Christ initially as my Savior. And then, and then I spend the rest of my life taking Him in. Feeding on him. Now, one more observation, and I, I say this to last on purpose. You know, it says in the text that that uh, the lamb was to be selected on the tenth day and then killed on the fourteenth. There's a four day period in there. What, what was going on in that four day period? What was what was happening? Well, there, that that four day period had had a purpose to it. The four day period was to be spent with the head of the house examining the sheep, making sure that it was without blemish. You see, their lamb was without blemish. Our lamb is without sin. And he who never sinned becomes sin, paying my debt, getting what I deserved so that the Father could give me what he deserved. A life without blemish, his, exchanged for a life full of blemish.
mine. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the gospel. Gang, um, this sacrament, one of the things that it does is that it points us to a lamb without blemish. A lamb that is to be embraced initially as Savior and then fed upon for the rest of your Christian experience. That message is so counterintuitive, so countercultural, that God has been describing it in little chunks, little beats, little pieces, little bits of information ever since Exodus 12. So that you and I would not miss it. This sacrament points us to a lamb without blemish whose body was broken and blood was shed for sinners like me. You one of those? Then come join me at this table. Our Father, I pray that you will indeed meet us here, that you'll remind us of the great claims of the gospel that are uh, on us, that you will um, never let us forget that Jesus Christ is the altogether perfect one who was, um, whose blood was spilled so that mine wouldn't be, whose life was sacrificed so that mine could be spared. And Father, if you've brought anybody in here today who has not yet met this Savior, would you make that message crystal clear to them so that they might not miss the beauty of who Jesus is and what he's done for us. We pray, of course, in Jesus' name.